You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, PJ team leader, jujitsu lover, meme enthusiast, and dad joke aficionado, Aaron Love. Welcome back, everybody, to the team room and the special edition of the Once Ready Podcast. I am Aaron, your host for today, guiding you through this fantastical voyage that we have here in the team room. We have a special one today. Connor Bad News Matthews is here with us on the podcast. We're going to get into his entire story of the military, him being a combat controller, and now him being one of the hottest 145-pound fighters in the game, getting it on. So... First, I want to say thanks to everybody that listens to the podcast, that goes to the Instagram, that checks the, in- the Facebook pages, uh, leads comments, talks to each other. We couldn't do this without you guys. We appreciate you a ton. So keep doing it. Go to the YouTube. Check out the video of this podcast with all the other ones that we drop. Remember, Saturdays are for the team room. So go check those out as they come out. You know we can't do this thing alone. We got a bunch of people that we've brought with us and that help us out. If you need some good clean energy that you can put in your ruck on a long day like I had yesterday that isn't an energy can, go check out Strike Force Energy. Put in the code ones ready at checkout. They'll give you a sweet discount. Do we get that money? Absolutely not. They're just there to help us promote the podcast and get it out there. And it is awesome. And I got some in my cup right now because for me, it's early in the morning for doing this thing especially for this one, you're going to want to go check out the YouTube channel because today, fighting out of Freetown, Massachusetts <laughs> with a professional record of 3-0, and currently on a three-fight win streak, the baddest ass, most tough combat controller in the fight game today, Connor Bad News Matthews. What's up, dude? How you doing, guys? What's going on? <laughs> doing pretty good right now, man. Uh, yeah, the fight thing has been really going really good since I... Uh, Got out of the military. I uh, just went pro. I'm actually only two and zero right now, but um, you know, soon to be three and zero. Hopefully, in a couple of weeks. But uh, um, yeah, it's been going really good, man. How are you guys doing? Man, we're awesome out here. We're we're always good. We just get together. We've quarantined ourselves in our own little holes. We put Jared in a hotel room this time, so we at least got him out the garage. Trent hasn't said a Trent hasn't said a word since April. We're relatively sure it's a weekend at Bernie's sort of scenario. He's not even alive. Coronavirus got him, dog. I think so, man. This is crazy. I know it's a it's a crazy weekend right now. Just the whole world's come to a halt with this whole coronavirus thing, and uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. It's like I mean, for me, I'm like. I'm, I'm always training all the time. I'm in the gym. I'm constant co- human to human contact with all these different people. I teach kids and I'm just like, I'm fucked. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, we'll, we'll see what's going on here. I mean, I, I've been feeling healthy right now. So I just got to, you know, keep drinking water and hopefully I don't uh, pick up this virus. But who knows? That's yeah. all you can do. <laughs> that, yeah, that's it. And just, and just hope. Hope is not a good plan, except with COVID nineteen. I think so, we might be in a twenty eight days later scenario. Honestly, I mean, yeah, yeah. we we could wake up here and and I could go outside this hotel right now and and there's no one moving, just cars yeah. crash and everything. But I here's so, the thing. Man. Here's the thing, man. Aft spec war dudes are uniquely suited for a zombie apocalypse, man. If you get an aft spec war team, you're good. You got your PJ, you got your <laughs> controller, you got your SR. Got like we we got bases covered, man. That's what I'm saying, dude. I was, I was saying that. I was like, man, at least I know a lot of good dudes to team up with if this whole uh, post, uh, you know, like zombie apocalypse kind of thing happens. I know a lot of good dudes, and I'm gonna go team up with them. I'm going back, probably gonna go back to Washington, even though that's a bad place to go to. But I got a lot of good friends up there. Switch you hey, up man. there. That's our team. I'll be all right. I'll meet you at the ar- <laughs> I'll meet you at the armory. Hit the five <laughs> troop room. We'll go ahead and get our minds together, and then we go. Here we- Let's do it. Back to work. So, uh, Hopefully my cage is still up there. It probably is. Yeah, it's probably dirty, though. So, Hey, uh, so probably. Connor, uh, as, as we all know, man, Connor, you, you know, you were talking about it beforehand, but Connor started off as a combat controller inside of the Air Force before this this budding fight career, his uh, his inevitable track to UFC gold. So, Connor, why don't you just like lay it out, man? Like, Did you get in to be a combat controller? What was your pipeline like? What were some some challenges you had to overcome? Just for our listeners to, to let us know, because being an MMA fighter is like top one percent of all of humanity anyway but the the fact that you you know used combat control to springboard into the fight game man that's that's a pretty great story so just lay that out for us yeah man so obviously i didn't like prestige i mean i was been fighting doing martial arts since i was a little, little kid and i never really you know i didn't think i was going to use this uh cct as like a platform for my mma career but you know man i'm i when i went into the military and came out i mean 
it kind of, you know, it kind of fit really well, especially with fans and stuff like that. People like to follow, you know, there's a lot of guys who like the military, a lot of guys, and I'm kind of doing, you know, Tim Kennedy does the kind of the same kind of thing, and I'm kind of went with that way, with that way, it's like promoting myself. But it's not the only reason why I really want to pr- promote the career field of like, you know, special warfare and, and combat control specifically because nobody knows what a combat controller know, uh, like you know, it's starting to grow. I think nowadays with social media, but before that, like. I mean, I didn't know what a combat controller was before I joined the military. Most people don't really know what a combat controller is. So, as you know, for me, I'm really trying to shed light on that. But I'll just kind of tell you how I got into, um, you know, special tactics or, you know, special warfare, sorry, um, to begin with. Uh, so I actually was originally, I tried to become, I wanted to be a SEAL. You know, uh, I saw that movie Active Valor came out and I uh, thought it was really, really cool. This is like, what, 2010 or something like that, 2009, 2010, a while ago. And, um, I was still, I was training doing MMA at the time. I've been doing this. Uh, I started fighting in 2000, uh, 2011 is when I started, when I started my, my MMA, amateur MMA career. And, uh, so after I graduated high school, I had a fight literally like a month later after I graduated. Um, my coaches kind of actually threw me in there. They're like, you're fighting. You don't really have a choice. You know what I mean? They wanted to see me. They, they knew I, they could see what I was doing in the gym and stuff. They're like, you're, you're just going to go in there. So I had my first fight, went in, I beat the guy in like a minute and like 56 seconds or something like that. Um, all my MMA fights have been pretty short, man. I've been, you know, my whole career. Um, even the one I lost. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, hey man, um, just be efficient. That's all. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, no, I'm in there making, I'm not getting paid for uh, how long I'm in there. So it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so after I graduated high school, I, I know I was chasing that M- um, MMA dream for like a year and a half, two years, but, uh, I was still living out, still living at my parents' house and they were kind of starting to get on me. My dad's like, my dad's a college professor. Um, so he's, he's really into education and he was just like, Hey man, you need to either like, you need to figure out what you're going to do your life. He like always, we're always open to the military. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll try give the seal thing. I try. So I went into a Navy recruiter and, um, he kept on like just giving me all these bullshit. Like, you know, he's like, I was like, Hey man, I want to be an operator. I want to do that. You know, I was thinking maybe either seal or a special, special boat crew or, um, you know, one of those cool, like whatever job. And he kept on like, he's like, nah, you, you probably won't be, he just, he had one of those ideas that like, um, some, I think people get into these things that like, it's impossible to be, you know, a Navy SEAL or impossible to be a combat or PJ. They think these things are just, they're just so far fetched when it's, you know, not, for, not for everybody. He's, that's, that was his mentality. So he just is like, you're probably not going to make it. You should probably just do a job like this, do a job like that. And I just, and I was just like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. So that's when I walked across the hall, went over to the uh, Air Force recruiter and um, that's like the worst recruiter of all time oh, like, i don't know man i've never seen you before but i don't <laughs> think you can make it <laughs> you want to you want to be a fireman on a boat <laughs> exactly as, as i was like yeah it's just stupid so um that's why i walked over to the air force recruiter and the air force recruiter i mean they were really pushing uh, a pj back then and uh he's like he was all about it so i started training for that started getting into pool a lot and um ended up taking my pass test and when i took my pass up this guy waldo i don't know if you guys know wall time he's a uh fucking you know this dude's like smoking cigarettes during the pass test like while you're like running <laughs> by, doing the running track like he's like old school you know big mustache and um super hard i remember i was like running running in for time and i was like <gasps> and i was like panting heavy i mean i sprinted i did like a really fast time i was doing, like a 745 like something ridiculous for my mile and a half and I was like panting. I was coming in. He's like, "Shut up!" He's like, "What did he say?" He said, "Um, he's like, suffer in silence, blah blah blah." You know, just getting on me. Like, yeah, it made me like feel like a little bit. I know. So, anyway, attention so, um, seeking behavior. Yeah, attention seeking behavior. You know, <laughs> exactly. So um, <laughs> he, he got on me right away. So um, after we got finished the test, I did everything. You know, I crushed all my numbers. And then he's just like, "All right, man." Uh, so where do you want to go? Do you want to be a PJ or do you want to be a combat controller? And I was like, I mean, what's, what's the better job? He's like, he's like, it doesn't matter what the better job is. He's like, do you want to be, he's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to save people or you want to kill people? And I was like, well, I guess I want to kill people. And he's like, all right, I'm putting you as a CCT. I was like, well, just, okay. just to put this out there, I, I kill people too, but it's because of my subpar medicine. So whatever. <laughs> Your words. Your words. I didn't say that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so then, 
so then um yeah so i started going to i had she was like so i started researching um a little bit what cct did at that point and uh dude they like you know air traffic control i didn't i had no idea i was like a you know a 20 year old kid that's been focusing on fighting the last you know three or four years after you know what i mean i didn't really i had no idea what air traffic controller was and um so I, I thought, like, I thought they're the dudes out there in the, on the runway with the uh, batons marshaling aircraft. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I had no idea. So I got into there, ended up figuring out what, what we did. So it was a really cool job. Joined uh, Pipeline was, I so, you know, I went down to San Antonio, did base training, uh, selection. So I started off with selection, like my swimming times, I was like the worst. But as soon as we put those fins on, I became like a really good swimmer. And I just ended up crushing it. You know what I mean? Um, I, you can ask all my, my friends through the pipeline. I've always been pretty like the physical parts were always, you know, pretty, pretty, not, I want to say easy with me. I definitely think I learned a lot about myself going through the pipeline, but, um, I, I was able to, you know, do, do better than my peers and that. And then, um, academically, uh, always a little bit of a struggle, but I always, you know, figured out a way to get it done. I started my ass off, worked hard and, and was uh, that the hard part of the pipeline for you? Was was that the hard part of yeah, absolutely. Uh, air traffic, like depending on what the mm-hmm. air traffic control was, freaking that was the hard. It was a hard part of the pipeline for me, man. I had I had no idea what I was even getting myself into. Like, like you know what I mean. So, like, it took a little for me. It took a little while to figure it out. Like, what the hell was going on? Then once I figured <laughs> it out, I actually think I became a pretty good air traffic controller. Um, especially when I got to team, I I really worked on it, I focused on it because I did. I ended up being the guy who probably did the most, you know, ATC and stuff on, on my deployment and talking to aircraft because. I know. I just really like honed it. I knew that's what I needed to work on. I, I was struggling with this, so I just really buttoned down, focused on it. But then there's like the other things in the pipeline that was easy for me, like um, you know, like land navigation. For some reason, like those kind of things, like anything that's like really practical, I was good at. I was good at like shooting stuff, just normal stuff. Like I know I didn't really struggle with, but like yeah. HTC was a struggle for me, for sure. It's funny. It's funny you say that because we actually get a lot of questions about people that want to. Like, hey, what can I, what kind of courses or what can I focus on, um, you know, academically before coming in? Because a lot of people are worried about the dive physics, about the ATC, yeah. about the medicine. And it's like, don't, don't worry about it. You guys will be fine. If you're, yeah. if you're able to score well on the ASVAB, well enough to get in, you will be fine. Now, some people have different aptitudes. Like if you're going to put medicine on me, like I... And I, that's going to be difficult for me. That's not in my wheelhouse, right? But yes. if you want to start talking about, you know, building 3D, 4D pictures, uh, you know, with the air, that comes natural exactly. to me. Exactly. And I think it's a clicking thing. So, like, like that's what happened to me. Like, I, now I can build that, that, that you know, 4D, like, in, in my head. I, that, that clicked to me one day. And I was like, oh, okay, now I get what's going on. But, you know, for that, trying to control planes with air like with words and not understanding distances and doing these things in sims and not really understand what i was looking at i, ha- I had a little bit of time like, it took me a little you know time to figure that part of the um part of the job out but you know once you figure it out you know it, it's definitely like you said you know they haven't asked that for a reason and i think it works pretty well to be honest you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. You, it absolutely if does you, if you can make it through that and then the others if it's just stay active keep your brain active like don't read a book every once in a while you know what i mean do things that actually keep <laughs> your brain active don't just let it go completely dormant that's what happened to me though like i after i graduated high school i didn't pick up a book at all i didn't do anything besides train because i was fighting i just my, my brain all i wanted to do was fight all the time so i just didn't do that so when i got back to the pipeline and you know and then i i thought the pipeline was going to be all physical you know and it wasn't. <laughs> it was a big surprise. Very much a surprise. You can't just be dumb. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, so it's so, so it sounds um, like you've been like you've been fighting well before the military. What what is that draw that has taken you into the military? Or um, I'm sorry, not into the military, into fighting. Like what where's that passion come from? Have you always been that way? Or like Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for, especially from kids, like, man, when it came to like, let's just say like doing sprints on my foot, like for football or something like that, I'm always going to try to finish first. And I've always been like that. My, like everything I've done, I've always had this drive to like, you know, just do my best. You know what I mean? At all times on the, I played hockey. I was a really big hockey player on the ice playing hockey. I was, I wanted to play, originally I wanted to be a professional hockey player when I was a kid. Anything I ever did, I wanted to be, you know, try to do it at the top level. And, um. I guess I, maybe that's something that was born into me or, you know, maybe I don't know why I'm like that, but that's just something I've always had. And, uh, fighting 
I mean, fighting came from martial arts. I started doing point sparring when I was a kid, which, you know, doing, you know, competitions, doing even just techniques and, and, um, fighting was just a natural progression. I didn't just like get thrown into a cage one day because I wanted, like, I was bloodthirsty to fight in a fight and get hit in that. Like, I try not to get hit as much as possible, to be honest, but you know what I mean? And I just, I picture you as like a feral kid, literally being thrown (laughs) in. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't like that at all. I mean, I had a a pretty good uh, progression to getting into, into the cage, into the cage to fight. And now it's become such a normal, normal thing to me. Um, that's like, I don't get like that adrenaline nerves that people usually get in a fight, which I think was really good for, um, helping me get through the pipeline with like jumping out of planes and staying calm. And you know what I mean? Like, you know, doing your procedures while you're doing it, falling from an aircraft and that stuff actually helped me again, you know, doubled when I came back to fighting. I'm like, all right, what's the worst that can happen? I get knocked out. At least I'm not like going to die from a malfunction on my, on my parachute or something like that. Or, or, you know, run over an aid. You know, there's anything that can, yeah. you do so many dangerous things stateside when we're training, you know, that you have to be locked on and focus on diving, jumping, um, fast roping, all these things that, you know, that are actually scary. So like for me going back to fighting in a cage, it's not really that scary anymore. It's like, yeah. You know, well, I tell you what's probably that. what probably is scary. So obviously, you know, a lot of that fighting translates directly into the military, especially uh, special warfare. But man, you took a gamble, if you will, to to like f- get out and focus yeah. on fighting as your primary career. That's ballsy, man. And, and especially yeah. when you know the odds and you're doing well at it. And I mean, yeah. I think that's that's amazing. So what like how did you make that leap? Um, yeah, so there's definitely, I was definitely running into, there's definitely stress involved with that, with, you know, actually having my being successful in what I'm doing and a lot of doubt from other people, you know, not just like from other people on to me saying like, you really think this is a good idea to get out and focus on art. You know, if you really think about martial arts (laughs) is an art, it's like getting out and doing art, you know what I mean? And you focus on something that's kind of like a far-fetched dream. Do you really think that's, you know, something that's smart when you, when I had a great freaking job in the military, one of the best, the bad thing, honestly, the best enlisted job you could have in the military. I, I, I loved, I still love the job, love the career field. And, um, I mean, I was doing awesome things there and, uh, they're like, do you think, you know, that's a really good decision and making pretty good money. And I was just like, yeah, I was like, and I don't know, maybe I did, I rolled the dice, but I was really confident in myself. Um, cause I knew like from the, what I did in the pipeline that like, I just know I could rise above, you know, what other people do and whatever. Like, I don't like you, you, everybody, like even in the pipeline, right? So people, you know, you have those naysayers when you're in your team that are like, and usually those are first guys to quit. And Hater. They, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, like, they, 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 they're like haters or they'll just say like, oh man, this event coming up is like so bad, blah, blah, blah. They start talking about it. Right. And then you, you get there and you accomplish that event and you're like, that wasn't as bad as they said. They said, I mean, maybe it did suck in the moment, but once you get done with it, it's never as bad as people say. And I kind of just thought about that with fighting. Like people are like, yeah, man, you have to fight all those savages. You have to fight, you know, these guys, this guy, this guy. And I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, it's maybe it's going to suck, but I, I think I'll get through it. Cause I've done, well, this over and then, over again, you know what I mean? And then hold up dog. Yeah. I have to fight those savages. No, I am that savage. Exactly. Like, how, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like, that. Yeah. <laughs> And dude, and for when it comes to martial arts, man, I've been like a lot of like, MMA fighters, like a lot of kids do martial arts when they're a kid and then they quit and then they get, they leave it and they never come back. And then very few people just stay consistent with it and do it throughout their whole life. And I've been pretty, really consistent with martial arts my whole life. So I have probably more time fighting than most people, at, you know, around at a high level. So like, I'm pretty confident with my dude when i was eight when i was 18 17 i was fighting with professional mma fighters all the time and you know sparring with guys who were in the ufc or guys that were in bellator like you know weekly as like an 18 year old kid i didn't realize how hard like for me i thought they're just guys in the gym but i didn't realize like if the dudes i was sparring with and how good they were and then and they, how much they how tough they were making me so um <laughs> i i'm i was just lucky in that in that aspect and yeah, so that's why when I got out, you know, it really panned out for me. I was like, you know, start fighting, and I'm, and also I'm in a, this gym up here at Lozon MMA that just like, it, uh, he's a, you don't know if you guys know Joe Lozon, he's a UFC. Joe Lozon, the, the sharp, the sharpest <laughs> elbows in the game, man. He was famous <laughs> yeah. for, uh, he was, he was famous for opening people up with his elbows. He's nasty off his back. Yeah, Joe Lozon is yeah. one of my favorite fighters. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, you, former, he's, he's gonna be a UFC uh, Hall of Famer, and so that's like I, I grew up in his gym. 
And um, him and, and like, you know, my gym, his gym were like really, really closely connected. And then that, when I came back, I just sent a full on to Joe Lozon's gym. And yeah, I mean, he really took me under, took her under his wing. I'm teaching classes at his gym right now. So he's kind of giving me like for financially, I, I'm the kickboxing coach at his gym. So, to, you know, it's, he's helping me out in that aspect and I'm just fighting for him. And yeah, man, that, that helped me out a lot, honestly. Yeah. And I like the what, what you were talking about earlier about the fights preparing you for that heightened sense of just like chaos. You're in that ring for however many minutes it's going to happen. It's just the same way whenever you're doing like 10 ups or you're doing whatever in the pool and there's a bunch of screaming, yelling, you know, yep. you feel like you're getting punched in the face because, you know, you're underwater doing those 10 ups and then someone actually does punch you in the face or kick you in the face when you're underwater <laughs> and you get it. You have all these, all these dudes that have nosebleeds and they're on the side of the pool and like cleaning it off and running into the pool and that kind of stuff. So that definitely prepared you for that kind of stuff what do you think about whenever you were like doing that with the team you saw dudes quitting and stuff like that what keeps on going through your mind as you were saying i know you said like you're used to that situation what do you do to like help out your team or teammates and to make yourself prepared for that situation so you didn't end up one of those dudes um so like so initially i mean i was, I was pretty young i think well i'm not really i was like 20 when i was going through the pipeline at first and like that, that used to kind of get to my head a lot is when you know people were taught i listened to other people talking and i'd be like um it, it'd get me nervous you know what i mean just by listening to them like talking about not even quitting but like um how hard the events and stuff like that but then once they started once we started watching a lot of those guys out and i got you know i found i kind of found myself and i started realizing that you need to stay focused and not listen to that bullshit and then i always like to be one of those guys on team that when shit got really hard it's just to kind of put a smile on my face and just say, Hey, fuck, this is a suck fest now. You know what I mean? Let's just enjoy this shit as best as possible. Let's pump each other up. Let's, you know, just laugh at the fact that we're about to carry this log around that freaking down to the, you know, the beach that's a three miles away and back and, you know, get smoked with rocks on. Dude, our back. Being, hey, a, just, being able just, to smile while yeah. you're suffering, not just does amazing things for yourself, but for the people around you. Exactly. Or if you have an opponent and you're able to smile and suffer, and I mean it's it like dude smiling. I, mean, I do it all the time. I'm, I'm kind of known for it, but yeah. like it does That's amazing thing. things. Peach just said smiling is his thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it really is. Dude. It, 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 honestly, it's 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 little, but it's like and we do when especially. I mean, this is what we're training for, right? What? Why do we do all that shit in the pipeline? It's to train for world war situations, and sometimes we're going to be in these really really fucking shitty situations and you know in combat and you know you don't know what's going to happen but you might as well just like you know make the best of it as, as as much as you can right then because you know if you just sit negative negativity breeds more negativity and positivity breeds more positivity so you might as well just be positive and just fight fight through it and i think that's that's what i think i just don't i just I just don't say get yelling, being one of those guys that I hated guys that would like, when shit gets like, they start getting yelling at their teammates. Come on, guys, keep up. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and they start yelling at their Nobody teammates. Nobody likes a cheerleader. Keep, keep in step. Yeah, keep in step. There's a time to get, keep in step with it. Yeah, there's a time to be you know, a team leader and, 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 and like tell your dudes that you need to, you know, like we need to keep this stuff together in this way, but we don't need to be. You know, just you can tell when somebody's doing it because they're stressed out and they don't know what to do with their stress, and so they start blaming and you know, you know, blaming other people for what's going on. And I, I think like, I'm more about hey, it was just you know, laugh, chill out, keep you know, just keep working, pump each other up. That's 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 all I kind of did on the pipe on the pipeline for sure. Yeah, I think one of the best things that teams would do like if you're if i was running like a really heinous smoke sessions and i was making them do duck walks on over and unders whatever throughout the pool and i can see that i put on a really tough smoke session and then in the team in unison like they look at each other and they're like who you are all together like that yes. one unison thunderous throughout the freaking thing is like all right i know my job's done here i'm gonna send them on a couple more but they got it right now they're <laughs> It's almost done. My job's yeah. almost done. Almost. Yeah. I can't end it there because then they'll feel like they've conquered something. But I want to keep on going. I know mentally, though, they're in the right place them. that they're supposed to be at. So, yeah, oh, that's man. that's really important right there for the sure. The instructor tricks that have been, like, let go in this podcast. Well, I can't let them think that they won. So yeah. even when they yeah. do win, they yeah. lose. Yeah. But it, still in, my, in my heart, though, I'm like, man, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So... Talking about those are good moments. They gotta be. <laughs> yeah. 
t- so talking about you know training and doing all that stuff your next fight is going to be april 3rd at the cage titans and you're doing a a uh, fight camp right now and i know those are tough and you're trying to keep in your zone and do all that stuff um during this whole time so kind of what is it like do you reach back to moments and in selection or throughout indoc when you're going through that stuff to train for this kind of thing right now is the same kind of correlation here and yeah. how did that uh, passing selection you know man, help you with that the pipeline is more of a grind than what i do right now i'll tell you that man i can i have i have plenty of rest recovery sleep you know what i mean like yeah i i'm, I'm doing a i'm an athlete now i'm a, i'm doing a sport so like i had i mean it's important that i recover and train you know what i mean but like, you don't have that that ability sometimes in the pipeline you just learn how to grind so like the thing I did it for two and a half, I did my pipeline was two and a half years. I got hurt, hurt my uh, knee. I got, I tried to tore meniscus and um, then I washed back in dive school. So that, that stuff was, you know, way more of a, a, of a, of a grind for over a long period of time than like, you know, a two week fight camp. Then I get to, you know, relax for a little bit and then I go back into another, uh, not two week, two month fight camp. And then I go back to a fight. So like, it's me, it's easier mentally um, to do this. And I think that's an advantage that I have on other people. Other people, and I, even right now, I talk to other fighters, and oh man, this this fight this fight camp is going. You know, I can't, you know, they kind of get freaked out in their head, and this fight camp's really hard for them because, like, you know, they weren't because the diet and everything. For me, I'm like, I mean, it's not as bad as you know, a uh, combat control school. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not as bad as all this other stuff. So it's like, I think it, it, it I, it, it, I, I know it fuels me a lot a lot better to, you know, um, it, to deal with like the stress and, and like the fight camp part of it and stay focused. It's easier to stay focused for me now, for sure. So are you asking us to throw some gas in your gym every once in a while? Just, <laughs> yeah. just to give everybody a little taste? Yeah, of, you should. You should come down here and do a little smoke session. You'd be the only one. You'd be the only one. you just be like, what? It's just a little gas, guys. Come on. Yeah. Give, me, give, me a, give me a one, Suck two, three. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I got. I still have a gas mask here right now. So uh, you may, you may need it right now. Just yeah, you wear it out in I'm public never, now. Never going to bed without one of those things next to me. <laughs> uh, well, sp- speaking of like the middle game, uh, I know we get a lot of questions about you know, hey guys, I'm not a very big dude. Should I go into the pipeline? Like Hollywood has created this like special operations image. Yeah, they think everybody is as the... big as Brian. Essentially, yeah. they think everybody <laughs> is. They're the... short and Mexican. Yeah, <laughs> we're not all that person. You know, like I'm. I'm assuming that like the Navy SEAL recruiter or the Navy recruiter was like looked at you and was like, "You're not a Navy SEAL." Exactly, because especially me, I fight at 145. I fight at. Um, I, I mean, I was fighting at 150 50 back then, but yeah, like I, I it's, it's not the case at all. Honestly, I mean, honestly, the the bigger guys are probably going to have a, there's a lot of cardio, a lot of running, a lot of moving around. It's going to be a little bit more difficult. I mean, it's average size, dude. It's all about who you are as a person. And, and you guys know that. I don't have to tell you guys that, but for everybody else that's to listen to, I mean, it has nothing to do with your, you know, how big you are or your muscle. Like, like this, like body lifting muscles are, don't do anything. Functional muscles is what's going to get you through fighting. And it gets you through the pipeline. And on the site, that's the thing with fights now too. Like, I look at a dude that like looks huge, and I'm like, that doesn't scare me. I because I know it's I know it's 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 not about it's about technique, and it's about I know fighting is about technique, and it's about you know like you know functional fitness, and and some people just who don't look that strong or super strong. Look at like you know DC and the UFC. You know uh, Daniel Cormier. He looks like a dad, a little fat dad, but that guy he's got a dad body. Strong. He does. That. He's a big <laughs> yeah. dad. He's a, but he's a beast, and, and like you know, and it, so you never can really tell through that at all. I mean, it's, 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 it really, it's a really like a uh, weird concept. And that, and you see that at the gym all the time. Like guys, I mean, I don't think ben, like you know, people just do bench press. I mean, I like doing bench too. I mean, I obviously I'm, I like to look, you know, I like to look fit sometimes. So I'll do a little bit of extra stuff just to make myself look more fit, but those muscles aren't doing anything. Those are just for show. <laughs> this is just for the camera. <laughs> so, they don't do shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've I've seen dudes like as an instructor that were like 115 pounds soaking wet, and they were crushing all these other dudes that were you know 200 plus pounds, especially in the water. Now on rucking, they got to work a little bit harder because yeah. that ratio of body weight or whatever, you know, they're not used to carrying that stuff. So don't it worry def- about that. Yeah, definitely, that is not de- a thing. It definitely weighs down. Yeah. So, but when I was when I was when I was in um, I was on a team. I would think I got I was up to like I was 185. 
So I put on a little Ooh, bit of weight. get it. Yeah. Nice. With that thick boy with three C's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got a lot. I got a lot bigger. It's just because, like the same thing, I was like, carrying your kid around, man, and all that stuff, having that ratio is going to help. Because we do have to carry freaking, you know, a lot of weight all the time. Do you have stuff. to, so, I mean, are you cutting it? Are you cutting to get to 145 or are you walking around at 145? No, I, I cut down to 145. I'm, I'm walking to 160 right now. So, um, okay. I, yeah, That's so, but, but I'll, I'll diet down to like 153, like probably next week. So if say I was fighting on the third, I'm like, uh, 10 days out. I start my, I start my real like strict diet and I, and I, yeah. I diet down and I run off. I usually use a lot of running and I run down to like 153 and then I'll do my water cut from 53 down to 45, which is like t- 10 pounds of water. And then dude, and I, after I done weighing in, I, uh, you know, rehydrate, eat my food. I'm, I'm back up to 165 by the time I step into the cage. So Good. I put yeah. on like, I put on 20 pounds. Have you, have you ever been close to missing weight? No, nah, I've never, I've never, never had a problem with missing weight. Not even, not even close. Nice. Like I've always been pretty easy for me. So. Good. Well, Hey man, another thing that we talk about all the time, like people ask us all the time. It's like one of these questions that we get all the time. Hey man, I'm not feeling confident. I'm not feeling confident. We were kind of talking about before the podcast, last three fights, so the last two professional and the one before that, man, you had to mediate. The last one was a net crank before that was TKO for, for punches. Right. And then before yeah. that was another rear naked. You haven't even yep. spent a minute in the cage. You spent a minute and yep. 15 seconds in your <laughs> last three fights. Yeah. So yeah, man, how do you walk that line between staying hungry, just being there, ready to crush it every single day, and then kind of letting yourself be, man, it's a, it's a weird thing that it's hard to explain. Like, I'm confident, I'm competent, I feel good, I feel like I'm bulletproof, but, but how do you manage that between confident and cocky and bulletproof and hungry? Well, f- first of all, when you're going into any kind of combat situation, that's not the time to be any kind of have any insecurities in you so you know my day of my fight um, i'm gonna I'm, I'm letting myself i'm letting my ego fly i'm gonna go all, all in in my head and let myself be the person i i believe i i believe i believe myself and my fight days man i i believe i am who i am and it works and i've done that my whole life even when i was a kid with competing and and, and fighting and doing what i was a kid like when it came down to like sparring stuff like that i let my 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 inner like ego kind of go out and just like fucking I'm the best person in the world. I'm going to go and fight and destroy this person because I have to, because if you have any little bit of doubt, that doubt is going to spread and it's going to affect you and you're not going to perform as well. So you get, get, cut that shit out right then. When you're, when you're accomplishing the goal, you don't let, you don't let that little bit of doubt into your brain at all. But that being said, when I'm training, you can't be like that all the time. I'm training. I, I get humbled all the time by training with, you know, professional, the best top 10 guys. I'm, I'm sparring with Calvin Cater. I'm sparring with Rob Font, Joe Lozon. I mean, I'm sparring with the top, some of the best UFC fighters in the world. And trust me, they humble me every once in a while. It's not, <laughs> it's not, like, I, it's not like I just walked in those dudes. Um, so I, I get that. But I know if I can hang with those dudes, then anybody else that you're going to put me in front of me right now in my career, if you're not a top 10 dude in the world, I'm probably, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not scared of you. So that's, that's so- kind of where I breed that confidence from. Switching back to, you know, you in the pipeline or you as a controller, I, a lot of our guys get a chance to talk to new recruits or aspiring controllers and PJs and stuff like that. And um, like if I were to come to you and say, like, man, I just I don't know if I can make it right. And, and showing those yeah. insecurities that you're talking about, like if you could pick out one thing or, or give some advice to me as as I'm like, hey, man. I'm super short. Uh, I don't know that I'll be able to make it. Like, what is, what would you, you know, say to me? I mean, so like, if you have that right, that attitude right now, but like, so that, that you, so you have to make the standards, right? The, the physical standards, if you know, you can crush those physical standards, then you're going to be confident and you can make it because you've done it over and over. You have to prove to yourself, you can do it by actually accomplishing the, the standard that is required to do the job before you can yeah if you're not making the standard and you're like i don't know if i'm gonna make it because you're because you know in your heart that you're not gonna make it at that point but if you know you're you're if you're actually doing the things right and you're training like you can train all the doubt out of your brain by just training hard and accomplishing the goals that you need to be accomplished and you stay focused and you go home and you do everything you need to do to accomplish those goals then you're not going to have a doubt so then they're not going to come up to you asking like that they're going to be confident they can make it because they believe in themselves 
it's like it's not fake confidence I have. It's true confidence because I train every single day and I know it's going to happen because I I put the work in the gym. So if you put the work in yourself, then you're going to come out there and have the confidence to do what you need to do when it's time to go. The only like though like there's still like you know like if you there's still like, like the chances like something goes wrong like in the pipeline you get hurt or something like that. I mean, that that might happen, but like we're really I think the the careers careers are usually willing to work with somebody that gets hurt. But if you're they come and they just have a doubt in their brain, like I don't know if this is for me, then it's probably not for you because you didn't you're not doing the standard and you just know you're not cut out for the job. Right, and you and we always tell guys that um, you know the the pipeline is you know, 80% mental, 20% physical. Uh, like I'm, yeah. I still believe in that entirely. And when you talk about yep. training to that level of confidence, if you can, if you can train so well that, that you can take that 20% that so many people are worried about and you're like, Hey man, I, I'm not worried about, it. I can just focus on the mental portion. That's yep. 20% that you don't have to worry about anymore. You can just press on like, Hey man, I'm, exactly. I'm physically able to crush everything you guys throw at me. Yes. Now, once it starts getting hungry, sleep deprived, extremely cold, like that's when that mental game comes in and, <laughs> and carries people. So no, I think and, that's and, a good point. You know, exactly. And that is a good point. And, and, and that's when you build on top. Up of that twenty percent, you you know talking about twenty percent physical. Once you you know, you know you go to that you they take make you tired, they smoke you, and you know if you, when if you make it through that, if you don't quit all the way through that, you're going to be that much stronger. And that's why I think in the pipeline, you know, we see like initially it's like once you guys make it through like um like compensation. I don't know how they run it now. I don't know. I know a lot of things change, but we say once you make it all the way for me, ATC was really hard. But once I made it through ATC, I knew I was willing to, I could make it through everything else they handed at me because I, ATC was a, was a, was hard as hell for me. Like that was like, I was challenged mentally, not even physically. I'm talking mentally, but I dug deep and I stood up late studying. I did like, I asked every, I went to my, you know, my friends, my teammates helped me out a lot. You know, I jump in the room, study with them at night. You know, I was doing everything I possibly could mentally along with the physically to make. So I knew if I can make it through that, Nothing else that they threw at me didn't even matter anymore. I when when you went I through when you went through air travel control school, was it the construct of you went through with normal Air Force ATC folks, or did you yep. go through with only CCT wannabe? Um, no, we went. We went. We, we had some normal um, ATC folk in our class for sure. We had our team guys in our class, and we had normal ATC. We did that. I did radar too. We did all that stuff. We didn't. Yeah. Just do tower. I don't know what they do now. They didn't just do tower. So. Yeah, we had like the we did ATC normal ATC school with getting smoked for like two and a half hours before you go to school every single <laughs> yep. day. Standard, yeah, that helps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> and getting doing. Uh, I remember we, we were, I went there and they, and we, uh, I think it was in the fall actually, but freaking that the fire ants were like so bad down there. We get all messed up, getting attacked, eating alive, going doing log <laughs> rolls, all the thing. It was good stuff, man. And we got it was it was definitely a grind for me. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I think over, overall, I mean, one of the things I like to tell the students is the pipeline doesn't exist for you to prove anything to us. It's to yeah. prove to yourself that you can do all these things. And th that way you won't hesitate when you're downrange yes. and you're expected to do these things. Yes. And, and, and it's, and it's definitely, I mean, for us, I think it's, it's, it's been proven over and over and over again with, if you hear about all the stuff, all the different conflicts that our um, career fields have been put into and we like we always rise to the occasion. I've heard, I've heard a lot of really good positive things. You know, we have all these silver stars and and you know Air Force crosses. And because we perform when shit gets really bad, our career fields seem like they always perform and do really really well. So it's it is true, and, and that's it, it's a necessary um, pipeline that we have, and it works really well. And you do you prove it to yourself, and it proves it to all the other career fields when we're on the team, and we you know we get into a conflict, and we you know we rise to the occasion. I right. can't argue with I that. So. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was so, just, I, mean. I was just at a, so it's, it's pretty awesome. Last, or I'm where I'm at right now, I'm working, but also, um, got a chance to go to a buddy's retirement and he's, he retired after 20, 24 years, I think. But I mean, the group of people that he was able to bring together were guys like Ivan Ruiz, you know, Air Force Cross. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a hand, I mean, no kidding, a handful of, you know, legends that are, that are here to celebrate somebody. And, 
one of the things about being in the soft community, it's not specific to special warfare, but in the soft community, a lot of times when we are when we have a reunion or we're able to all get together, it's usually for something bad due to a death or something like yeah. that. So there's usually this over overlying like, okay, it's it's a somber moment, but for us to be able to get together for a retirement or a celebration and everybody there and everybody's having a blast, it was it was phenomenal. So I just like I know that's kind of random and probably not in line with no, what we're talking so, about, but man, I, so, I was no kidding so dwelling on this yesterday and, and all weekend as I'm seeing all these people I'm like, man, what, man. what an amazing group of people. The best, that, man. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. It really is. Like, that's why I always tell people like, like, um, dude, like I'm like, dude, it's totally worth it just for that fact right there. Just the people you're going to make it's they, they make you better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they say iron sharpens iron, like in the, in the way you're training, but it's so true. Like, man, you, you, the, the dudes I met in my pipeline, I still talk to all the guys, you know, that I used to, you know, train with. And it's like, not like they all, they're, I mean, the amount of support I got actually from, you know, I thought maybe going with the controller and anything that people are going to be like, what's this? He, he left, uh, he got out of the job and now he's trying to like promote himself as the, you know, as CCT thing. But dude, I, it was the opposite. Everybody was like, dude, good for you. They're so supportive. And, um, yeah, I can't wait. I mean, and I, and then usually it always is a bad thing. And I'm always, every single time I see like something on the news and like two Americans dead in Afghanistan, I'm like, just, just statistically it's been for me. I mean, from like, since I got in, we, I was going to the pipeline with Sibley from when Sibley and, and forest side to like, you know, you know, my friend Elton died, you know, we, there's been a lot of deaths since I, so every single time somebody dies, it's like, oh, man, like I'm always like, shit, you know, there's good chances of CCT. Or, or a, you know, a special warfare guy in that mix. And, um, so I'm always like, shit, but I'm also like, like you said, I'm also really excited whenever we do get to, I get to go down and see all those, I can't wait, especially now that I'm kind of, like I said, I don't really travel too much. I'm like, I'm on my gym, I'm just training, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't get to see all my boys too much anymore. And, um, so it's like kind of like a different, different pace of life, but I can't wait to go down there and see all those people. And, you know, and I think it's, and it's probably going to be, Honestly, it's, it's man, it's sad to say, but it's probably going to be one of those kind of things where I, I you know, one somebody I know dies, and I'm going to have to go see people for on a, on a sad, of, uh, you know, a, a sad, you know, reason to go down there. But it is what it is. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't happen. But you know, that's what it, it is. Cool that we get to go see each other like that. When you know, when something happens, we uh, the whole community comes back together, and you, you mm -hmm. realize like why, what you know, what we're doing. It's kind of it, it's a good reminder why you know. Why I think a lot. This is another thing I say. Like when I first started off, being on BCC, I just wanted to do a cool job, right? And then after when I became a combat controller, it was for me. It was more about the community more than doing the actual job. It was more about the, the who I represented as a whole as combat controller because my friends, all the dudes I worked with, what we do as a community. That's what what means means more to me now than from when I from when I originally started to be a combat controller. So many people ask us, oh, well, what about the job? Tell us exactly about SR. What is, how many times are you going to deploy as a combat control? It's hard for us to answer those questions because they're like, I don't even care. Like, I love being a PJ, but I don't care about the, I don't care about the job, man. I care about the dudes. Like the guys in yes. that team room, that's why I keep doing the job. Yes. I, that's exactly, that's exactly what I mean. It's, I'm the hundred percent there with you, man. And I mean, and obviously I had my, my personal dreams and stuff like that I, I wanted to follow and i and it's going out it's going really well for me but i still like i still like love the community and like if something happened where i you know fight fighting thing was that i'd probably try to get back into cct <laughs> well, <laughs> hey when that when that you don't have to go through the pipeline when this zombie apocalypse kicks off man you're on you're in all right, you get the I, still, I still got my kit my closet back there dude it's all it's all ready to go <laughs> You'll never get rid of that kit. Hell no, dude. I'm keeping that shit. No, you I need got it. my kit. I got all, I got all sorts of things around here. I got my, <laughs> my, I got my, I got my beret right here. So, so yeah, right here. get it. Oh, <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, so. speaking of legends, let's get back um, on a slightly lighter note. Since you are yeah. by far the most famous person we've ever had in our podcast, no and maybe way. the best looking, no way. <laughs> definitely the best looking, maybe the most famous, <laughs> nicest yeah. beard. I'll, I'll, I'll take the best looking, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the most famous. <laughs> well, we're gonna do a, a lightning round, so we're gonna uh, just start hitting you with questions and whatever right. comes to mind first thing. So I'll start it off. Uh, submission or knockout? What's your preferred method? Ooh. 
knock out. Everybody loves a knockout, man. It feels good to knock somebody out. Come on. Knock out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what's uh, what's the most stacked weight class in the UFC? Is it men's one eighty five or women's one fifteen? Uh, men's one eighty five. I'd say there's some freaking huge monsters in that freaking. Is John is John it, Jones the goat? Follow on question. John Jones the goat, Ooh. greatest of all time. Oh. As of now, John Jones is the goat. I, you have to. You got it. You got to say, it, man. He's he's beating everybody in a pretty good. But man, freaking Reyes. I thought he won that fight, dude. I thought he fucking won that fight. I'm sorry, dude. Dude, no, that was so close. I don't know. It was so close. But as of now, I mean, John Jones is the GOAT right now. He's just, he's he's beat everybody. And the thing about John Jones is when he rematches people that he had a close fight with, he usually dominates them in the second. Murders them. So that's why he's the best fighter of all time. So. He figures it out. He's he's so analytical with his, his style and his fighting. He he beats people in their own game. If they're good at something, he'll come out there and he'll beat them in their own game, which is unbelievable. He's just mean. He's just he stays composed to the entire thing. His composure is like you got to look at all these best top the best fighters in the world. They're all very composed when they're in the cage. Just like we were talking about being composed in a stressful suit. They are just like kind of into like a Zen mode where they're just like they like psychopaths and they just move forward, calm. Doesn't matter what happens to these, keep moving forward on the person and. John Jones does that, and all the champion, all the best champions do that. So, John Jones. All right. All right. So, those dudes that are coming into the pipeline, and one book, what would you recommend for one book? Get that mindset, gets you pumped up. What do they need to read? Um, the one book that he read before he comes to the pipeline to get you pumped up. Um, or movie, Alana, or movie. Uh, yeah, movie oh, yeah. No, Alona uh, 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 Don for sure. I, I, I say you have to read that, man. It's, I mean, just 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 to get a little taste of you know our career feel. I don't know about what, if you're going to, but our career feel just to get a little bit of taste. I think that's a really good book and it has a lot of good stories in there. I think you should, you should read that one for sure. Learn it down. All right, I got one. AC one thirty or A ten. AC one thirty. Oh damn! Man, right you didn't away. even hesitate. <laughs> right away. Didn't no. hesitate. <laughs> Yeah, multiple multiple sensors hit two targets at once. Uh, longer time overhead. Um, obviously, I mean A ten are really cool. Yeah, you have thirty mic mic fucking blasting. I mean, it's, but A- I say AC one thirty. I mean, that you can do way more stuff than AC one thirty. Man, on station apparel is gonna be happy about this. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. wait. My boys on station <laughs> get apparel. It. <laughs> get, get it. All right, man. All right, how about this? Okay, okay, go Trent. No, I was just curious. Have you ever been to a Lozon family picnic? Because I heard they throw down pretty hard at those things. <laughs> yeah, so Danny. So I used to spar with. I was talking about when I before I joined the um, in the military. I used to spar with Danny, uh, Joe's brother, and um, Danny's a tough kid. Danny Lozon is a freaking just like a, he's the exact opposite of Joe. Joe is like a computer science nerd, wicked, you know, wicked <laughs> nice, super. Danny's like a tough kid. You know what I mean? You know. You know, parties hard. He's just, but he can throw hands. So I used to spar, and he, every single time we're in the gym, Danny just goes. He kind of, he, he got. The reason why I used to spar, he got kicked out of Lausanne's, and he would spar at a different gym. And uh, it, so we, I would spar with him there, and with them, some other pros. And dude, that kid just put those on. But when they get together, him and Joe will, well, they'll throw down at family picnics or anywhere. It's pretty fun. <laughs> it's but I, I love them both. Good dudes. All right, man. So, so you have to get into a fight. Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or one hundred duck-sized horses? Horse-sized duck or one hundred? Ah, dude, overwhelming force of the hundred <laughs> horse-sized. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I think. I think I could take down a, ho- a horse-sized duck with the ever see Avatar. You ever see that? You ever see Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thing. He puts him in a jiu-jitsu <laughs> move in a few. I watched it the other day. He put him in like this sick jiu move. He pulls his head over the thing and he, and he chokes him out that way. I'll do that. I'll do, and I'll try to get that move on him. <laughs> you heard it here first, MMA community. Connor Matthews said he could beat up a horse-sized duck. Absolutely. <laughs> this is the content you, jump, you need. You jump, on the, on the, you jump around the back of the neck. You pull the, the bill over your shin and you crank it down. That's a blood choke right there. He's going yeah. down. I got it. <laughs> well, as, as you're, um, you know, completely out of the military now, what would you, two-part question, what would you say is the thing that you miss the most and what is the thing that you miss the least? 
Uh, the thing I miss the most is the guys, the team, team, teams for sure. Um, <laughs> the things that miss the least is their freaking uh, EPRs and CBTs. Yeah, CBTs. That's those things. The CBTs and EPRs. Um, but yeah, no, man, I, I do. I really do miss more than that. I, I miss the guys. I miss. I mean, I still contact them, but you know, it's nothing like you know going doing cool shit with your friends like jumping out of planes and going sick TVYs and shooting schools and and it's you know it's fun it's just, you're just doing cool stuff all the time and you know, and then deployments are even are pretty interesting and fun I, I liked it I enjoyed it man so yeah I definitely miss I miss the guys the most man right. that feels like a that feels like a good yeah. place in my heart Connor to end it up hey man b- before we close it up here because we always do a recap man tell us how to follow you tell us what your socials are I know you got a fight coming hopefully on April 3rd but most importantly man tell us how we can support you is it buying that sweet shirt you got on is it following the Instagram like man tell us how to find you and how to support you yeah um so follow me on the controller and um that's my instagram that's the thing i use the probably the most i got a facebook page same thing the the control mma um yeah please buy a shirt we just got a whole bunch of them in uh control mma shirts Uh, i have a uh, business manager uh, my my friend erin she's been working with me just to help me out because i with training and everything i was getting overwhelmed taking orders so it's gonna go a lot smoother now than in the past um so we're gonna try to get these shirts out we're probably coming out with more merch uh yeah just please you guys reach out to me um repost me i really appreciate data and yeah that's about it guys and follow me uh for my next fight april 3rd i find this kid chris berberich he's from alaska um he is he has two titles in alaska apparently um so it should be a good fight you know they're actually starting to get up there we're gonna get some better guys here from here on out hopefully i need to get some cage time in here so i want somebody to come you know rise to the challenge but if they can't they're probably gonna get you know probably gonna be the same thing over and over again until i get to the ufc but hey hopefully this kid has something to throw at me let's see what see what happens all right. Yeah. Well, Connor, I want to say thanks again from all of us at One's Ready and those guys that are out there listening to you. You hit on a ton of freaking awesome points that we hit on a lot here in the podcast. And hopefully these guys are able to take home, you know, some of these points of view that you had and kind of what got you through the pipeline talking about like that constant exposure to MMA and those heightened states where you're fighting a dude and you know, most dudes would be a little bit more, you know, afraid like you were talking about and yep. Uh, scared to go into situations like that. So translating that into the pipeline that helped you get through, obviously you had that physical preparation locked down because that's what you've been doing your entire life. And that's exactly what we're looking for. You know, as far as the special ops community dudes that this is their life. We're not looking for guys like, all right, I got through the pipeline. I'm good. I'm done. Whatever. I'm going to move on with my life and, you know, let myself become a fat slob. It's dudes that are going to continue being just like you. And you have that mindset where you're looking out for your dudes and team is number one and then you crush every goal every time you step into the ring like you said you're freaking like you have that mindset like i am going to do this i'm all in and i came here specifically to win i've been prepping for so long so i think all those are super important points and translating the guys that are going into selection so um with that being said yeah i really appreciate you freaking coming on and uh talking to us sharing a little bit of light definitely go out there and watch this fight i'm gonna be watching your fight april 3rd make sure uh, you go ahead and follow him and that's it from us thanks again we'll see you guys next time thank you guys really appreciate having me on guys you guys are awesome thank you so much keep doing this man i really i think it's really good for the uh, community and it's spreading uh you know spread, spreading the community let people know who we are and help people get in and get in the right guys to do the job so thank you very much for what you guys thank you guys for your service um stay safe out there you know i know we have a dangerous job so just all you guys stay safe appreciate you guys thanks man thanks connor thanks bro. go win baby yeah. thank yeah. you